Here we go. Final seconds. Clutch is his name. Talking sports is his game. End zone. Touchdown with no time left. Pushing the limits. They win on the last play of the ball game. There are no limits. Are you kidding? Who can you count on to make the last throw or shot? Wow, and the game is over. Mikey Clutch. This is the final play. We are back. We are back on a beautiful Wednesday in Chicago. I am Mikey Clutch. You are listening on ChicagolandSportsRadio.com. It's not just sports. It's a way of life. Wow. Well, there's a new NBA champion, and we will get to that shortly. Lots to cover today. Lots of good content coming your way. Uh, I do want to give a quick review of a movie that I saw this weekend. What movie that is? Oh, we'll stay tuned and find out, and I'll give you my two cents on it. Um, Yeah, I want to talk about Bryce Young. You know, Saban came out and said he's approaching a million dollars in endorsements. And here we go. It, it, here's the can of worms that uh, it opened up, and we're, we're gonna we're gonna see um, new news in the Aaron Rodgers drama. Um, running back Cam Akers out for the season. Ooh, that's gotta hurt for the LA Rams. And how about these NBA Finals? And that's what we're gonna start with is these NBA Finals. Now, look, you heard me talk on and on. On multiple shows, and we we're all in agreement. It'd be nice to see Chris Paul, CP3, get his first title and etch his name in history next to the greats and, and you know, become one of the best point guards to ever play because, you know, titles are everything when we compare greats. And he falls short, which we'll get into his side of the story. But I want to stick to the side of the story of the finals MVP, Giannis. He put the team on his back. Again, 50-point game. It just felt right. He was dominating this whole series. The only consistent buck game in and game out. And he finishes with a title and a finals MVP. And there was no doubt he was the MVP. Uh, Middleton played well. Hit some clutch shots there in, in these games, but he was not as consistent as Giannis was. And Giannis, I mean, he wanted it. You saw it. We all saw it. He was hungry. Can I have, please, a 50-piece Mac Minis? 50, exactly. Okay. Not 51, not 49. Chicken Minis, yes. 50. And was not going to let this one slip away. Bucks go down 0-2 to begin the series, and... Win four straight to knock out the Phoenix Suns. And I just can't say any more about this guy. I am not mad or angry. I'm actually happy to see him win a title. Um, he, he really looked like this was something that he wanted. I mean, the emotion that he had after the game, after, you know... <laughs> They, before the game was even over, there was a few seconds left, and 
I forgot who got fouled, but somebody went to the free throw line, and him and Middleton were jumping up, bumping chests. They knew they had it locked in. And him after the game talking and in the interviews, him passing out the cigars in the locker room with the big smile on his face, you know, today going around Chick-fil-A. Um, but, yeah, Giannis really finally took that next step where we all wanted to see, you know, two-time back-to-back MVP, and he just was kept falling short, kept falling short from an NBA Finals title. And he got there this year, first year in it, and completes completes his moment of getting his first NBA title. Now, I do love what he had to say. Let's hear what he ha- had to say about not having to squat up with other guys. But I could go to a super team and, you know, just do my part and win a championship, still one. But this is the hard way to do it, and this is the way I chose to do it. And we did it. Fucking did it. We did it, man. Yeah. And him and Middleton, eight years in Milwaukee together. Eight years. It took them eight years to win a title together, but they stayed. They stuck with the the plan. They kept getting better players in there. And Drew Holiday, I mean, we all said the big upgrade from Eric Bledsoe. Huge upgrade. Defensively, he's he's elite. And he came up big defensively in this series. We all know the, the play where he seals the ball, rips it out of Devin Booker's hands, alley-oops to Giannis, and that's that. And now, you know, again, a huge defensive game against Devin Booker in game six. Really shut him down. Booker was not the same Booker that we saw the past few games. 0 for 7 behind the three-point line. And Chris Paul had to take over. And uh, he just can't do it by himself. He, he can't do it by himself. Giannis didn't have the consistency with his team either. But he was consistent and able to pull through. If Chris Paul would have been more consistent and been that dog that Giannis was and not shy away from a big moment, this series could have looked differently. But Giannis was willing to fight, scratch, claw, do whatever he could. And how about the free throw shooting? I know last game he missed, what, four or five in a row and could have cost him the game. But, I mean, when you're going to the foul line almost 20 times a game, and and you missed two free throws. He was 17 for 19. Like, that's something that Ben Simmons needs to look at. A guy who's not a great shooter at all, but is willing to take the chance behind the three-point line in Giannis. But, you know, he's not that great of a shooter. He's he's all rim under the basket, but when he gets fouled, he, he comes through and he hits his free throws in the big moments, whether these fans are counting or not. And that was just, it's good to see that you can count on him. And this is why this title bumps him up with current players. He's a top two player in the league because he can consistently stay healthy as well. I mean, AD has a chance to be a a top two player in the league, but he can't be healthy. Kawhi, probably the best two-way player in the league, can't stay healthy. 
LeBron. We're now seeing, you know, two out of these three years, big injuries. Giannis could be the guy. I mean, Durant even. He can't stay healthy every year. So I, I think this is Giannis's league. And in the East, this is going to be scary next year. I, I already picked the Nets for year two with this big three to get to the title game and win. But you know what a finals win does for a team like Milwaukee? With Giannis, that's going to give them so much confidence next year. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they come out of the East, number one, and they see the Nets again and do what they did in this playoffs. And it might not go game seven. Bucks are going to have confidence. They got the playoff experience. They got the finals experience with this squad. And they have a chance to get back there. And I would love to see Giannis get another one. I mean, he's going to be, what, 27 years old? That's it. And being able to do it at a young age, I mean, it seems like he's been in the league for forever, and they never really scratched the surface. But, man, if they could bring this into next year with the confidence in the squad that they have, the guys that they can keep, maybe bring another key piece in, why, why wouldn't they be able to repeat? Giannis is going to – he looks like the type of player he's not satisfied with one. He's going to get this one. He brought it to Milwaukee, who's hasn't won a title since 1971. He did it how he said he was going to do it. We're going to build. I'm not leaving until we build a championship culture, which he also mentioned at the end of the game. He, he wants you know to build a championship culture, and it starts with one. He, he said, hey, time to do it again, and I believe that. I believe that Giannis is just a different breed. And I I feel like next year we're probably going to see the most three-point attempts from him in a season. Because something like this, it just unlocks the potential of a player. that He's not a great three-point shooter, but watch him go in this offseason. Because now he's got the title. He did it beating him up down low. But if he can get consistent behind the three-point line, there's no doubt he's not the best player in the league. No doubt. And I could see him coming back next year and start knocking him down and taking more shots per game behind the three-point line. But, yeah, it was a good scene. After the game, he had to sit down. He was emotional. I mean, man. I, I had to watch the celebration. And even though I wanted CP3 to get his title... I'm very happy that Giannis got his. Very extremely happy. And just seeing his face, the smile, like it's legit. It's legit. He wanted it. So I it's gonna be a fun NBA season. We'll see what all these injuries of players that were knocked out of these playoffs. Let's see what they return next year and maybe it's more competitive. Um, as far as Phoenix Suns and Chris Paul. Here's what he had to say last night after the game about retirement. I mean, it'll take, it'll take a while to process this or whatnot, but it's the same mentality. Get back to work. You know what I mean? I ain't retiring, if that's what you're asking. That's out. Yeah, I don't think he's retiring. Not at all. I believe him 
If anything, this makes you a little hungry. You finally got to the big game. Booker, year two with Paul. I'm sure he's going to be hungry. He's upset. Now, you saw them walking out in, in the tunnel after game five. They looked focused. They looked mad. Almost defeated. But the competitiveness in those two, they're going to be back and ready to fight in a West that, hey, shouldn't have injuries like they did this year. We'll see. But that's going to be a gauntlet, and it's going to be tough for them to come back. But Aiton, year two on, with Chris Paul, we'll see if he takes even an, another step when he took this year. So I, I, I expect Phoenix to be highly competitive still next year, but will they make it to the finals again? As sad as it is, I think Chris Paul's run at a finals could be over and is over, if I'm being honest. I don't think he's going to get back. And it's unfortunate because he is one of the greatest players we've ever seen. But then there's that list that you know ESPN is is talking about and all these other sports like sports uh, broadcasts. It's now he's on the list of greatest players to not win a title. And you know the list: Ewing, Barkley, Nash, on and on and on, just to name a few. So. Yeah, he, he, he tasted it. You're up 2-0. I can't blame him for blowing. I mean, it's not his fault that they blew a 2-0 lead. But, yeah, the inconsistency instant, inconsistency from Chris Paul really hurt Phoenix in this series, the turnovers. And I was shocked to see that the free throw attempts were way down. He likes to get to the basket, too, and... and Bounce off some guys. So I was surprised that he only had, what was it, seven free throw attempts in the last four games? And that's something you don't want to see. You want to see him get into the line like how Giannis is. I mean, obviously, Giannis is a different player. He, he lives down in the post and under the basket. Uh, he, he's going to be knocked around. Aiton, again, in foul trouble this game. And you just don't have a backup who can who has size against this Milwaukee team. That's why Milwaukee, they're tough to match up against. They have so much length, so much length on you. And that was one of my reasons why I liked them to beat the Nets and be you know, competitive against the Sixers if they ever met in this playoff. So they're going to be back again. I mean, the East is still the East. Yes, you got Atlanta. Atlanta's... Going to be good still, but, I mean, they just can't compete to, to the level of the Bucks. Sixers, we'll see what happens with Ben Simmons. And then the Nets. I, I think the Nets will be back a, as a top seed, but really I, I think that's it as far as who's going to be competing for the Eastern, Eastern Conference Finals. I, I still think it's three teams only. The rest, yeah, they're going to look good, but they're not going to get that far. And, and uh, the Knicks, we'll see what the Knicks do, but these squads are still young, and the veteran teams are the ones that I just called out, the top three. And Milwaukee, I mean, come on, they've, they've owned the East as far as regular season, and I think it, it, they're going to be back up top next year. They're just going to have so much confidence. There's not going to be a finals hangover. You know, they're going to enjoy it, but Giannis, being as competitive and hardworking as he is, he's going to... He's going to push the team 
to get back to where they finished this year. So, yeah, I hats off to them. It was a great finals, game six. Really enjoyed the finals as, finals as a whole. I know it was. It didn't seem like it was very competitive each game. Each game was, uh, at least the first few, were blowouts. But, uh, hey, when you get star power like we did, Booker finally on the biggest stage, Chris Paul finally on the biggest stage, Giannis finally on the biggest stage, Chris Middleton, you know, I have my gripes about him, but he showed up in, in some games and hit some big shots. So, you know, it wasn't all Giannis. He definitely had help, but he didn't have the help that I think this could have been a sweep if he got the help that uh, he should have had the first couple games. But, yeah, hats off to the Milwaukee Bucks. Finally get a title back there in Milwaukee. You know, with the Aaron Rodgers thing going on, maybe this lightens the blow for you Green Bay fans. And, yeah, you could kind of celebrate a little bit. I know the Deer District was going crazy last night. Hopefully everybody made it out of there okay. But, man, that place gets wild outside there. Oof. That looks like a fun time. But moving on, might as well stick to our neighbors up north, Wisconsin. Now, Adam Schefter came out the other day, and he he, 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 t- he said that Aaron Rodgers turned down a two-year extension to make him the highest-paid quarterback in the league, in league history. Now, this comes after all the drama between Aaron Rodgers and the front office, and this, to me, is why Aaron isn't going to play for the Green Bay Packers this year. Uh, like, the management in the front office think that they could just throw money at this guy and expect that to solve things when he was never upset about the money. He was never upset about Jordan Love. He's been consistent the whole time. And it really upsets me that the Green Bay front office is making it worse by throwing money because you're not listening to the real issue. You know, there's a respect level that he's expecting, and that's all he wanted was some say and for the communication to be there. And there just never was communication with this front office and Aaron Rodgers, and this thing, it's not getting better. He, he's not going to be there uh, in, the, I think it's, what, four or six days when mandatory camp starts. He's not going to be there. I don't think he's going to suit up in Green Bay anymore. Jordan Love is not ready, and Green Bay's got themselves in a pickle. You know, this is a historic franchise in a division where they've owned when Rodgers is healthy and playing, even with the Chicago Bears being as competitive as they are. Minnesota's gotten better this year. They got offensive firepower. And, yeah, Green Bay, I mean, if you don't have Aaron Rodgers... You are screwed. You are so screwed. And you can't finish third or worse in this division. You just can't. And with Rodgers, you've been winning it. I mean, 13-3 and three, the last two seasons. 
NFC Championship game last two seasons. That's what Aaron Rodgers. You're going to throw Jordan Love or Blake Bortles in there? Oof. You are in trouble, my friend. You are in big, big trouble. Hey, this just isn't going to work itself out, I don't think. Uh, management in the front office, if this is what their idea of problem solving was, is here, we're going to make you the highest paid, that's not that's not respect him because to me, respect is listening to the issues that he's bringing up and that just totally, the message that sent is it went in one ear and went out the other and all you heard was money when he didn't even mention the word money or anything like money. So a uh, Green Bay just really dug themselves a bigger hole and just lost their best quarterback in franchise history. And then you're going to have to trade him. You're going to have to trade him. You're going to get a haul for him. So at least your rebuild won't be as bad. But you still have to rebuild when you had arguably top three quarterback in the league right now at his age. And now you got to start from scratch because we all know Jordan Love isn't ready. I mean, that's Green Bay's even sent that message to everybody. He's not ready. And you got to throw him in the fire right away because you screwed up. You big time. Big time. So we're probably going to see Aaron Rodgers in Denver because Denver is the one who cleared all the cap space and have the assets to get Aaron Rodgers, which really sucks because I don't want to see him in Denver. Denver just gets these quarterbacks at the end, late stages of their career. And here, here you know, Peyton Manning 2.0 over here. And they're going to win a title because I, I think their defense is stacked and all they're missing is a quarterback. They have great young weapons and... Denver could actually compete, obviously, with Kansas City and Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid for that division if Aaron Rodgers comes over. But when will that trade happen? I think it happens before the season, maybe preseason, because if he doesn't show up to mandatory uh, camps, Green Bay has to make the move and make it right away. You're only going to decrease his value. What you're going to get back is the longer you wait. And... He, he will sit out. I, I believe that wholeheartedly. Just move on from him. Just do it. You're going to have to, and you might as well take the loss of Aaron Rodgers and get the assets back rather than wait, and then now you take a loss on the assets and your rebuild becomes a little longer because you, you wanted to be stubborn as you were with him, and you're going to be stubborn without him. So it, it really yeah, it puts a downer on, on the Green Bay season. And the Bears, your your time is now because he's not going to be there to push you out of this division and out of first place. So, Matt Nagy, you're, you were on the hot seat a couple years ago, last year. You're still on the hot seat. But if you can't develop Justin Fields and you can't win this division without Aaron Rodgers playing, then, yeah, you were never the right hire and – you got to go back to coordinating. But, yeah, it's just that that's a messy, sticky situation. So, Milwaukee Bucks fans, if you're Green Bay Packer fans, at least, at least you got your title, and it, and it softens the blow of losing Aaron Rodgers. 
Speaking of losses, season hasn't even started yet. We're in camps. And the L.A. Rams lose their starting running back. He ruptured his Achilles in Cam Akers. And listen, yes, that hurts them, right? He, he came on the scene and uh, played really well last year. But, I mean, is it really that big of a loss? I don't think so. Sean McVay is still your coach. Jared Goff is not your quarterback. He brings Matt Stafford, who you have more confidence in and can trust. Because with Goff, it was a lot of, you know, motions, trying smoke and mirrors type of offense to get the defense on their heels and put Jared Goff in the best position. You know, play action passing for Jared Goff was his strong suit. But even then, they really didn't run the ball that much with the running backs. And Cam Akers, while he only played 13 games, he was a little hurt, uh, three, uh, I think three games last year. But he only had three games out of those 13 over 20 carries. He only had two games over 80 yards. We all know the New England, New England game where he put up 171. And then San Francisco, he had a 61-yard rush in that game and only got 23 yards other than that one rush. So he really didn't make that big of an impact as we're all led to believe. Daryl Henderson, I think, gained two less yards than Cam Akers or the same amount of yards and had two less carries or whatever it may have you. So the Rams are going to be fine with this McVay offense. They got... You know, Daryl Henderson, they have two seven-round picks from the last two drafts, so no experience, no no touches. But again, the key to that is Matt Stafford and being able to trust in him because he is now a better quarterback as far as the arm. And I honestly think the brains. I mean, he's been in the league a long time, and McVay doesn't have to be in his ear as soon as they get up to the line of scrimmage and help him audible and you know call out blitzes and help him see the defense and read. like Stafford's going to be able to do that. So they're still going to have a lot of the player movement on that offense with the motions and just trying to throw the defense off you know, and keep them moving. That's still McVay's offense. So I'm not worried about this Cam Akers being out for the season. Not, no doubt that this offense looks the same. Now, it's just, can they put it together? And is Matt Stafford really going to be as good as we expect after coming from Detroit where he put up really good numbers, but he was also on a really terrible team, so had to pass a lot. I, I love, uh, I forget the guy from FS1, um, but he always calls him Pat or, yeah, Stat Pafford, Stat Pafford, because he would be always be down, you know, his stats would look great because he's always throwing at end of games. Uh, but he's got some great weapons. I, I love Cooper Cup. Robert Woods has really made a name for himself too. So Stafford's going to have some guys to throw to that are pr- probably the same level as Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones Jr., so I don't think you'll see a dip. And in McVay's offense, who is definitely 
a better signal caller than what Stafford's had in the past. They can do great things. Do I still think they're the favorites in that division? No. I think Seattle or San Francisco really are the better teams in that division. Arizona, I'm telling you, they're going to finish fourth this season. Arizona's not going anywhere. They're going to be at the bottom where they belong because everybody wants to overhype on the old players that they signed on the team. And uh, it's just, come on. Come on. Open your eyes. You really think J.J. Watt is going to make that big of an impact when he couldn't even make an impact last year on the Texans when he was finally fully healthy? Five sacks. That's that's what we're going for now. A guy who can't even produce anymore. And the Cardinals sign him, and oh my God, they're Super Bowl bound. Get out of here. You still have Kyler Murray as your quarterback as well, who has not shown that he could be consistent for a full season. Still has a losing record as a quarterback. Yeah, you got DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, they don't win games when Hopkins doesn't have over 100 yards receiving. So teams take away Hopkins, and then what's Murray going to do? And they're starting to figure him out already. And this is going to be year three where where they're going to have a bigger book on him. So I don't want to hear any of this Arizona Cardinals is the team to beat in that division. No, they're not. They're just not. The Rams do have a shot. Winning this division, but again, it all it relies so much on how that offense looks with Matt Stafford. You know, it's a new team. He's got to figure out the chemistry as well throwing to these receivers. So I think the Niners. You know, if if you know they're coming back fully healthy, let's see if they could stay healthy because we all saw that Super Bowl run with Jimmy G. And if Jimmy G stays healthy, there's no doubt in my mind that this team can't get back to the NFC Championship game and possibly compete with Seattle for number one in this division. You got a lot of guys coming back. Kittle, he's getting a lot of praise right now, it seems, past couple weeks. Uh, Best tight end, voted best tight end, uh, you know, before Travis Kelsey, which I still think Kelsey might be the best tight end in this league. Darren Waller's making a name for himself. But, yeah, Kittle, I mean, if he's healthy and stays healthy all year, with Brandon Ayuk, year two, with Debo, that running game, our offensive line, which is going to be a top five line in the in the league, defense is still there. I, I know secondary is where we have our question marks, but Joey Bosa's coming back. Fred Warner. This team is going to be dangerous to play every Sunday and I, th- I think we're going to be fine so we'll see when the season starts and it's almost it's almost here baby we're almost football season I cannot wait feels like two years since we saw our last game oh, just itching itching to watch some football on Sunday itching for it and I just oof just thinking about it. I, I just get in a little daydream phase just looking at that first snap, thinking about it, and like, 
where am I going to be when I watch kickoff? You know, it's it's Dallas and Tampa Bay, the defending champs against America's team. Say that in quotes. They're not my team. But, again, Tom Brady, can he do it again? There's so many storylines. We got T-Law in Jacksonville. What's that team going to look like with a rookie quarterback? Justin Fields, will he play week one? I, I still say he will. I still say he will. Matt Nagy's job depends on it, and Ryan Pace. If they can win that division and make playoffs, they're, they're here. They're getting an extension, or, or they're just going to be here, those guys, uh, for a little longer if they can develop Fields the right way. So a lot of great storylines. So much to look forward to. And we're going to have to do how the turntables next week. We're going to do how the turntables next week. I wanted to save it for this week, but there's just a lot of juicy stuff that I wanted to get to, and we probably won't have time for that. But stay tuned. That will be coming. I promise. Now, we move to college football. And we all saw that players can now get paid for, you know, endorsements and all this stuff. And little do we know, Alabama, the big powerhouse in college football, coming off a national title, their five-star recruit from Pasadena, who backed up Mac Jones last year, not named the starter yet, but most likely will. Bryce Young. Saban said he's approaching a million dollars in endorsements. Now, that to me is why, I, listen, I'm all for athletes getting their money, but this is what's going to cause conflict. And Saban even came out and said, this man, he hasn't even started uh, or, or hasn't even played yet, but it's because of our brand. And this is what I called when the court ruled in favor of college athletes. The big powerhouses are going to stay powerhouses because guess what? You don't even have to play a single game, but if you're a five-star, highly recruited player and you're going to Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State, Oklahoma, you name it, and one of these power five schools, you're going to get paid. And that just, why wouldn't you go to Clemson or Alabama. Why wouldn't you? This kid's going to make a million dollars in endorsements, and he hasn't even played a snap. That's ridiculous to me, and that just gives these high, higher school, these big schools, more power in recruiting. And not only that, they want to expand the college playoff, which I, I agree with Dabo Sweeney, don't do it to 12 teams because, again, these top four, five, six teams, top four teams that are there basically every year, are going to be there every year because they're going to get guys who want to go because they're going to get this chance to make this much money. And that's just the unfair. It's about you're supposed to be equality over here, and it's just unfair to these other schools and these players. I mean, that sways your decision majorly on what college you're going to choose to go to. Oh, I'm going to go where all the money's at before I even hit the pros. And, you know, a lot of these players don't grow up with that kind of money. So for a chance to 
make that type of money and not have to wait four years, three years to go to the pros, and you could do it right out of high school, advantage big schools. Advantage big schools. This is what's kind of, I don't know how you say it, but this is what kind of was going to bother me about that rule being passed. You know, they can collect money. It's just football is going to be where the money's at for college, and that's these football players are going to be paid more than, say, the basketball and the baseball and volleyball, soccer, all these other sports because that's the biggest sport in college. So football is just advantage one right there. And it's, it, it's going to be hard to see how stacked some of these big teams are going to get when they're already – when they already have the best recruiters. I mean, Dabo and Nick Saban are top recruiters in college football, and now they have another chip in their pocket that they can use and pull out and say, hey, you're not going to make this kind of money in endorsements there. Why would you choose that? Come here where you can make the most money on the biggest stage. I mean, what kid's going to turn that down? Don't forget their kids. They aren't in the right mind to make the correct decision what's best for them. I mean, yes, making this money could be best for you, but it could be detrimental as well. So now these kids have that to think about, another choice, decision that, you know, the family's definitely going to be saying, go where the money's at. But if a kid really was passionate before all this came out and had a school in mind and was really wanted to play there, and that's another thing. The family's going to be in their in their ear. Oh, you should go there, you should go there. When a kid might want to go somewhere else because that's where they always wanted to play. But then the family is going to, no, go get the money so you can take care of us. And, again, that's another unfair thing that they put on these kids. They're 18 years old. I wasn't making the right decisions at 18 years old. Heck, even 21, 22 years old. Sometimes even now, not not the greatest decision-making, you know. But uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, it, it's only going to make it harder for these kids you put that much money in front of them, who knows what they might do with it. I, it, it. That's the thing they should do is somehow, yes, they can make the money, but maybe put it in an account or put it away somewhere so that way when they graduate, then they can get the money. Do something like that. I, I think that would be fair because then there is no unfair, like, yeah, you play your three years, four years, and then, then you see the money, but you're not going to be able to use that to your advantage. You're not going to be able to, you know, buy certain things that might put a competitive advantage over others. I, I feel like that would be the only fair way to do it is make sure they couldn't touch the money until after they're out of that school or graduated or in the, in the pros or on doing other things. They cannot see any of that money until they're gone. And to me, that would be the only fair possibility for this to work without having a competitive advantage with these other schools. I mean, obviously, you're still going to get recruited, and these players still might pick the big schools for the money, but 
again, they wouldn't be able to use that money to say, you know, buy state-of-the-art technology and all this crap to help them be better. You've got to do it like everybody else, old school. So that's my grip on it. Before I go, though, boy, I saw a movie this past weekend. I knew it wasn't going to be like the original. Don't get me wrong. But I didn't think it was going to be this bad. And if you could already guess what movie I'm talking about, it's Space Jam with LeBron James, the new legacy. Yikes. That had to have been. I Listen, I know it's a kid's movie or made for kids. So was the first Looney, uh, first Space Jam, in my opinion. I was young. I watched it. I loved it. I, I actually watched it, what, two weeks ago it was on. Still love it. The acting at least looked legit in that, though. Everything wasn't all computer animated. It was a cartoon. The story was cooler. I mean, the way that the Monstars took the players' game from them. You know, Barkley, Ewing, I think Mo, whatever, the other guys. And, uh, yeah, it just, it was, it's still a fun watch. But this new legacy, man, it was so cheesy. The plot was terrible. The acting was god-awful. Jordan looked like it it was, like, you can tell, you couldn't tell that he, he was acting is what I was trying to say. And with LeBron, oh, my God, he is he needs some acting lessons. And it seemed like there was some some big-name actors and actresses in there, but they even seemed cheesy and, like, this was their first time acting. Just not believable. You know what I mean? And, ugh, it was so bad. I didn't even finish it, which I'm kind of upset. Or am I? But, yeah, it, it ugh, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't finish it. I fell asleep. It was that boring. Uh, it just it seemed like there was no action, like as far as the basketball game. It kind of went by really quick. The first half of the basketball game and Looney Tunes, all you know, do your thing, be Looney. LeBron didn't seem like that big of a factor in it when the game came on, and it, it just I don't know. They they totally ruined it. From, again, I knew it wasn't going to be nothing like the original. The original was really good. We all loved it. It was Jordan. But, again, I did not expect it to be as bad as it was. So, if you have time to kill that you don't care about wasting your time, watch it. Other than that, don't watch it if you got better things to do. Do it on a night where you have absolutely nothing to do and you don't mind wasting a couple hours of your life. Because, man, that was just terrible. I And I, I don't know why I'm griping on the acting. But I've at least seen LeBron and other things, and it, it wasn't as bad as this. I, it was just the cheesiness. It, I just I can't stand cheesy movies. Uh, some people like them, they, you know, the, the, the bad cheesy ones that are, turn out to be good. I, I just I can't do it. I can't sit through it, and I couldn't. I slept through it. So maybe I'll finish it one day when I have time. But that's going to do it for me today. Well, that's all the time I have for you today. We'll be back next week. And I promise you, I know I promised it for this week, that how to turn tables. But, hey, why not 
let you sweat it out and wait in anticipation for next week, what that might be. So stay tuned, and I'll be back. Talk about some other NFL headlines. Maybe I'll start breaking down some of these preseason projections. Who knows? It's the final play. I'll do what I want. But enjoy the rest of your Wednesday. I hope you're listening out there whenever, whatever day you're listening on. And enjoy. You have just tuned into the final play with Mikey Clutch on ChicagolandSportsRadio.com. It's not just sports. It's a way of life.